0: Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we are joined this evening by resident genuine Texan uh
1: Pinball Bobby. How you doing Bobby? I'm Bobby. Hey, how's it going? Great hey, Bobby. Great to, be back. great to be your uh your um like you said resident Texan. I can uh, I can shine some light of accuracy on this film that we will be discussing. <laughs>
2: we, we could do with a resident Texan more often, but particularly for this film,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to um, commend uh, you, Chris. I feel like, I feel like having that you've recently covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre and now <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. This is almost like, yeah, you know, I, I consider this your graduation day. Yes. Right, as far as <laughs> no. like, as far as horror <laughs> fandom goes, like you, you've seen far more than most people that wouldn't consider themselves a horror fan if that makes sense.
2: well I I always thought I would never watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. like i would heard of it throughout my entire life as far as I can remember. I just thought that does not sound like a film I would ever rush to watch and of course I'm glad I have watched it and I'm probably, I might be, I think I could be glad I've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre too.
1: Oh, well, spoilers! Okay, yeah. By today's standard, the original is a bit benign. I would say it's like um, it's like when you were a kid and you hadn't really listened to Kiss, but you've seen what they looked like. <laughs> but you're into heavy metal, so you're like, well, yeah. that band Kiss looks like they're into some really evil shit. And you go listen to him and it's like christine 16 and strutter and, yeah. and i want to rock and roll all night and you're like what the fuck is this 70s weird arena rock stuff not to say that not to say that texas chainsaw massacre is um as benign and, and novel as kiss but it's that I same think, kind of i think of it sneaks phenomenon. some
2: subtlety in in the it, I, it stays with you. right I think that was L- what we were saying like, on the, like Gene Simmons. And,
1: yeah. yes.
2: <laughs> and unless of course for you Texas Chainsaw Massacre might just be you know a,
1: a walking that's park. just Tuesday down here. Just in, like, like, uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: well you use the term documentary I understand.
3: Mm. <laughs> yes. The slice of life <laughs> Yes, But I think that's something we did We did sort of get into when we were doing the first one is we said it's sort of certainly over here its reputation is its name. Mm. Very few people have seen it but most people think they know what the film <laughs>
1: is. Right. So, so, yeah. so can, can I just do a little thought experiment real quick with you guys since y'all are on the other side of the pond. Um, I'm just gonna say the word I'm going to say the word Texas, and you guys tell me what what conjures up in your mind.
0: Big hats and guns.
1: Okay, not it's, accurate.
2: All right. Yeah, it's got it's got
1: big cowboy hats. Okay.
3: I know this is going to sound weird. Australia.
1: That's not that's not weird at all.
3: But it's that that
1: is Australia that's is just castrated Texas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we could be starting I'm a war think. here. <laughs> No, it's, it's that same sort of it's because there's a uh, Douglas Adams said that countries have a personality. Mm. And what was it? He said that Canada was a 50 year old lesbian um, <laughs> and Australia was Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and I think, again, that's where the Texas you know, again, I would say Texas is Jack Nicholson.
1: Nicholson yeah. okay
3: do Doesn't give a fuck and raises hell. That's <laughs> yep.
1: all right good good we're all on the same page then that's all I <laughs> to. so so what, what i was getting at is you think of that word what images does it conjure up you're like oh fuck long tall rugged individualism don't take no shit raising yeah. hell guns and 10 gallon hats and then the word chainsaw right after that yeah. in addition to that and then massacre and it's yep. just it's it's one of the great titles of all time i think
2: it is yeah I, I liked it for its title I just thought it's not for me however it's not
1: it's not as good as like to Fu thanks for every everything Julia Newmar. <laughs> oh yeah that's a good title too it's, it's one sorry. of those things
2: that I thought it sounds like it's great for other people and I'm happy for them I just don't feel like I'm part of them however having watched both of them I feel like I would love to live in Texas and I'm sure they don't represent it perfectly however I also think I just would not fit in in the slightest
1: thank Christ it, they don't represent
2: it perfectly they might represent it a little bit I, like know on, this, on, this,
1: on this call I would just be like munching on a human arm and like jerking off <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah it's totally accurate to Texas <laughs>
0: i think (laughs) i think it's an intimidating (laughs) i think it's definitely an intimidating title like you say putting those words together even as a horror fan it's one of Mm. those films that you do go into thinking right i'm gonna watch this i might come out damaged (laughs) but the first time you watch it you're like this could be the time i see something that
3: i didn't want to
2: it sounds
1: big yeah yeah
3: and it is Again, but we was, we said about that as well because the original title was Head Cheese, and yeah, we were we were wondering that, how much of a classic the movie would be. That's not saying if someone said to you, "Have you seen Head Cheese?" That doesn't have that same immediate sort of. Have you seen the no. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It's like fuck it, hell. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no, but I, I want to. It, like,
3: have you seen Head Cheese? <laughs> what?
1: Right, right, right. <coughs> I'm with you. Alright, well um, I will say I am, I am proud and, and pleasantly surprised at what seems to be Chris's positive reaction to both of these films but we'll find out I guess about part two in a second here.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's
1: all, it's all to happen. Right so just I I, before
0: we get into that, um, Bobby as your uh, guest this evening, um, since you were last here have you seen anything horror wise that you're particularly taken with and would like to share with people?
1: Um, I've actually I've watched one film recently it's more of a revisit not uh, not necessarily a horror but a famous horror writer mm-hmm. um, uh, I've I've been doing this thing where I'm trying to revisit or watch for the first time kind of the I guess tier two or less iconic Stephen King films oh well, that's so like sleepwalkers which is uh, it's fine yeah <laughs> um, and you can uh, out
3: of the director's bit and that's it yeah
1: right and uh, the, the what I found is for the most part the the best Stephen King stuff probably comes from the 80s but it's all of those anomalies like Salem's Lot, or The Dead Zone, or The Shining, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't claim The Shining, mm-hmm. and, and and Lee doesn't like The Shining. Um, really is that public? Is that public information? It is. Yes. I, I, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh But anyway, that was a lot of build up to watch a Kathy Bates movie called Dolores Claiborne from 1995.
2: Oh,
3: uh, I remember. Th- I remember this.
1: I remember the film. I don't think I saw it,
3: but I remember like the title just being yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a solid little thriller um from the 90s it has Jennifer Jason Leigh in it, a very young um John C. Riley, oh, And cool. uh, it just reeks of like hey uh hey uh uh, uh misery was a big hit. You got mm-hmm. any more uh Stephen yeah. King vehicles we can toss a angry <laughs> Kathy Bates in? <laughs> like, well, as a matter of fact we do um, and it's basically um, a strange daughter played by Jennifer Jason Lee who's kind of gone off on her own and becomes a, a, a very famous or a very successful journalist has to go back to her small town in Maine go figure uh, Stephen King um, because her mother was arrested for um, the murder of like the cunty old lady that she worked for as a maid um it's it's a good uh it's a good you know i don't know if you guys ever experienced this but uh when you're married or have a a special lady and and they're like just like i don't want to watch shit tonight can i can we watch a a good movie (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) it's a good like one of those compromise movies and and women always want to watch thrillers for some reason which i'm fine yeah but I don't know what that's about like I just want to watch a thriller I'm like okay how about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 Um, like no but it's it's one of those one of those to toss on whenever uh, it's a good movie it's I don't know if I would consider it horror but uh, you know I figured I'd bring it up in this conversation it's a good movie to uh, to tolerate if if your lady wants to watch a a thriller so I think the 90s has the best thrillers I need Uh, to
2: ask this question I'm sure there are others like me out there What is Maine to Stephen King? Is that where he came from? Or did he just decide that's where he's always going to write about?
1: No, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Yeah, Stephen King um, is probably the only reason anyone talks about Maine. Okay. um, (laughs) Because it's weird as fuck up there. Um, It's a completely different breed of human. They're not quite Nova Scotian. They're not quite (laughs) New Englanders. They're just their own... It's kind of like the. It's almost like the Texas of the Northeast, not in the sense, (laughs) just in that it's it's like no place else. Um, Is this where
3: is this where Lovecraft
1: went? Would Uh, would maybe
3: of uh, Innsmouth a bit. I think
1: he was more in Rhode Island. Maybe yeah. Hmm. That aesthetic, that like kind of rocky cliffs on the seaside, is very of that region of the country. I'm not a, I don't know um, if Lovecraft got up there, but it's, it's definitely possible. I know he was uh, out of Rhode Island, which is not that far South of there um, because everything in the Northeast is just confined into like, you know, you could throw a rock into the next state because um, it's like the size of your neighborhood, each state up there. But anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to get a taste of Maine um, in like, like there's something interesting about like what we would call white trash over here but not your typical like hillbilly Texas redneck white trash like northern white trash Hmm. um Dolores Claiborne's a good uh good film to experience that type of human being I guess Uh, for our British listeners uh mine is Norfolk just to give you a point of
0: reference um yeah all right.
2: I, th- I thought you we were going to say Essex. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I don't know any of, of this. Essex. Uh,
3: <laughs> I think uh, I think Essex is probably Wisconsin. <laughs>
1: like right now, yeah. Get...
3: If London was Texas, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um,
0: Chris, have you checked out anything horror-wise in the last week?
2: Oh, I've been a bad boy. Ah. I've got an electric carving <laughs> knife and carved off some skins this week. No, but I haven't watched anything. So Adam, what have you watched this week?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have watched... Um, I suddenly had a panic then, because we're all sitting there talking about it. And it's like, I suddenly I've gone blank. I can't remember a single <laughs> thing. I usually write it down. Um, but I have remembered. I watched Ganger and Hess, which is... Oh, wow. That was That was a movie... I would I'd definitely say this, Bobby. If you want to wind Adam up, uh-huh. I think what. Hmm. I don't Does think I want to do that. If you want to annoy him, watch Gander and Hess because it is. I really, really loved it, but it is very weird and experimental because bas- basically it got, it's basically a black vampire film but it got mm-hmm. s- swept up as being part of exploitation. but it's actually more of an art film. It's like the addiction, like the Abel Ferrara um, uh, vampire film. Um, yes. and, and, and this is something I know me and Bobby have discussed before, but to give you an idea of how pretentious a film it is, you can read any article and they will say, you'll notice that the word vampire is never mentioned in the film. <laughs>
1: Um, exactly my cup of tea to be honest I, I with you definitely,
2: definitely, definitely <laughs> give if, it if Adam right says it. it's weird and experimental it's not for everyone yeah.
1: and it, yes and it's it's blaxploitation but not it's yeah. like it's art house but yeah I love I love everything and you just said
3: and it's got it's got black horror royalty in it it's got um, uh, Dwayne Jones from Night of the Living Dead <laughs> I thought you're gonna say Dwayne
1: mm. Dwayne the Rock Johnson no, I'm <laughs> <not> saying, <yeah. laughs> oh yeah I love that guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no um, yeah Dwayne Jones from uh, Night of the Living Dead is nice. Ganja who is basically he's a professor of anthropology who has this amazing mansion. Um, he, <laughs> he hires an assistant who is just immediately old like not there's no like build up to it or anything <laughs> He takes this guy to his house and says, you know, I'll put you up for the night and give you dinner. And the bloke just sits there talking about his friend who's a director, but he doesn't know that in Sweden, the word cut means cunt. And he's laughing about it whilst messing about with the dinner and kind of being conversational. And yeah, he's just batshit mental already. And Ganja doesn't seem that bothered about it. Um, But, The guy ends up stabbing Ganja with a um, mystical dagger that makes him a vampire. Then he goes and kills himself, and that's when he, like, Ganja finds the body and drinks blood. But then the assistant's wife turns up, played by um, uh, Marlene Clark from uh, The Beast Must Die. Oh, yeah. Mm. So she's got a lot of experience of, like, being with. Uh, being basically the wife or lover of a guy with a huge mansion who's a bit of a prick, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, not a
2: huge and, prick with a bit of a mansion.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean either way, but I mean it is—it's—it's it's relentlessly mental. It's cut all kinds of weird. It's like you follow the plot, but the film doesn't. It's probably the best way I can put it. You know what's going on. And then the film will sort of suddenly go, oh, yeah, we were doing that. That's what we're saying. And you're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. But it's it's brilliant. I really, really loved it. And Claire got drawn in Mm. as well, which is... What's the other film that you got drawn into? I can't remember now, but it was... Paradise Park, uh, uh, P- Punishment Park, Punishment Park and it was it has it had a similar thing where Claire just a, eventually she, she was just sitting there playing The Sims and then slowly but surely she's asking the what's me questions going on over there? and, and is actually this, watching the film yeah.
1: Is this punishment
2: seven, Park sounds like torture porn.
3: Punish, punishment Park we it was I spoke it? about that a yeah. couple of episodes yeah. ago.
1: Yeah. growing up we had a room in my house called Punishment Park. it was outdoors. <laughs> there's <laughs> the shed but out back
3: <laughs> no we've just got the naughty step <laughs> but yeah so Ganger Hess is definitely not for everyone Bobby I think you'd dig it like I say it feels like a 70s um, black version of uh, the addiction like the label from a lot of a lot of pretension but still really good um, when did skin.
1: this come out?
3: This was 70, I think it was, actually it was 74 because I remember thinking it was same year that the original Texas Chainsaw came out. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, but definitely, it's it's definitely one to watch. And like I say, I think if you showed Adam it, he would just get very annoyed with it. So it might excellent. Be, might be worth doing. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely. There, there, are, there are some boobs, admittedly, you know, but it's not, you know, there's not, it, I don't think it'd have a, a, as many explosions. Um, there is, there was a recut version of it. Like, it basically came out, the producers hacked it to pieces and did their usual sort of, like, oh, we wanted this. And it came out as a film called Blood Couple, which has cut most of the film out, apart from one key scene that the director didn't feel was necessary in his version, Gander and Hess. And that is the bit that explains that, basically, so the wife turns up starts a relationship with Ganja, but then she finds her husband's body in the cellar. Mm. And apparently in the hacked apart sort of crap version, they put in a deleted scene where basically she confronts him and said, why the fuck is my dead husband in the cellar? Did you kill him? And they didn't bother with that. And he just (laughs) instead cuts to a scene where she's talking about a snowball fight when she was a kid. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) it Sounds a bit Mandy. It's, uh, well, funny enough, that was, that was how I sold the next film that I watched because I was like trying to explain it to Claire. Because, again, this was kind of prep for tonight's episode. I rewatched Electric Boogaloo, the Canon documentary. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that was the way I finally sort of put, put two and two together as I was just right, Mandy. Canon Films would have released Mandy. Yes. If they were still oh, going down. And yeah.
1: somehow it would have been crazier.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's. um But yeah, it's just. I mean, that's such a great documentary. Although it has aged slightly because right at the end of it, lots of people are saying, you know, they could have been the Weinsteins, and you're
1: like, "That's a good." Thing or no, not. They
3: weren't. Yeah. This is just a light-hearted documentary about two guys who didn't give a fuck about other people's money, rather mm-hmm. than you know a hard-hitting account of trauma. And I don't. <laughs> So, so well done to Golub and Golobus for uh, or, and for not being uh, well for not being the Weinsteins. In fact, cheers to everyone who's not
1: the Weinsteins.
3: <laughs> cheers. I'll, I'll drink to
0: that.
1: Hey, I'll drink seltzer, smoke seltzer <laughs> to <that. laughs> Um
0: So I have been back and read Not quite sure what said it in my mind, but I've had it in my mind for months now, and I need to go back and track uh, a TV show from. Got early two thousands. So there was it was only ever one series. There was a TV show called Strange.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh Um, yeah, and it
0: it starred Richard Coyle and Samantha Janus. Yeah, Samantha Janus. Um, Yeah, it was a kind of monster of the week thing. So he was a defrocked priest because he wouldn't shut up about demons. Um, and basically every week, a different demon turns up randomly attached to somebody who he knows, uh, which just makes it sound like he's some kind of menace. Um, but yeah, I, I I've been trying to find it for ages, but it's never been released on DVD. So it's really hard to get hold of. And then I realised the entire thing is on YouTube. Um, nice. So I went back and rewatched the whole... I don't know why it's never made its DVD. It's got 7.4 on IMDb. Um, and I loved it. It's a bit, it's, it is very British, and it feels very BBC, although and that oh, no, is BBC. Um, so it feels very, you know, BBC, Nine o'clock on a Saturday night. you know it was the kind of I think it was that kind of they were trying to make up for the X-files disappeared, so they wanted yeah. something to replace casualty with. Um, so yeah, so they made strange. and it was fantastic, but for some reason it only ever got one series um but yeah it was
3: around the same time as they did that sea of souls which did keep going so maybe they were just like right that's the supernatural budget for this year yeah right so. yeah they weren't competing with themselves
0: i think um, mm. but yeah so, so that's really good and the whole thing's on youtube so go and watch strange uh if you put in strange tv show it'll come up <laughs> um
3: yeah and it's a welshman with big crazy yeah. i was gonna say you don't know how often i
1: google that anyway TV <laughs>
0: <show>. <laughs> i was surprised actually that that came up as the top of the list i was expecting it to be like groovy ghoulies and loads of like <laughs> what is this crazy nonsense but I um, love groovy ghoulies
1: um yeah there's a time and place for groovy ghoulies for sure
0: yeah it, there the time for it is about one o'clock in the morning on a friday i found mm-hmm. so once you hit that wall where you no longer register how many beers you've drunk and you've lost count that is about the time of night for the Groovy Ghoulies D V D to come out, I generally find
1: mm. um, That's what I do with the Mighty Ducks.
0: <gasps> oh god, I love Mighty Ducks. <laughs> um uh, yeah, it's so, so so the other thing I did this week, which isn't a movie, but I am gonna recommend everyone to check out. Um, Evolution of Horror have been mm. doing a live pub quiz like once a month. Oh um, yeah during lockdown it lasts about an hour and a half it's uh it's six different um rounds 10 questions each um and they do it live on youtube and then once it's finished a couple of hours later they upload it so you can just go back and sort of watch them retrospectively
2: that's um, pretty good now are you saying this just because you got like loads of questions right no i did i did
0: oh, i did all right I've, I've actually got my score in front of me out of 60, on the first one, see if any of the listeners can smash me on this, and I'm sure they will. Um, yeah, so, so on the live one that went out this month, I got 33 and a half out of 60. not uh, so bad. And then I went back and did July's one, and I got 30 out of 60. So I'm consistently halfway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a really fun quiz. Um. It's not just so they do like your usual, these are just your bog standard first 10 questions. And then they did one which was all haikus to describe a movie, yes, mm-hmm. the movie. And then they do one that's um, uh, 10 posters, but they only show you like a square inch and a half of the poster oh, covering. The they definitely put
2: some effort into this.
0: It's brilliant. And they've got some mm. celebrities asking questions and stuff. It's, uh, yeah. We heard about it because it was affiliated this
3: month with uh, Fright Fest. Mm.
2: Yeah,
3: um, they're, they're a very good podcast. Evolution yeah. of Horror is a very good podcast. Yeah, I've,
0: I've not listened to it, but I'll definitely be checking it out moving forward because, yeah, it was
3: fantastic. I, was, I also want to give a sh- bit of a shout out. Have you, has anyone listened to the Creepy Crap podcast? No. Uh, it's just an uh, Australian guy on his own just barreling through the plot of whichever um, movie he's picked up on. Uh, he did Killjoy, which is definitely was one that I had to listen into uh, because I just thought, and I begged him to um, do it uh, part two as well, because Killjoy 2 is, yeah, mu- very much Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. They wow. are, you can't believe they're made by the same person. Uh, only difference is I don't think Killjoy was, so that's probably why. <laughs> But yeah, it's a a good show. Definitely worth a listen.
0: Fantastic. Right. So that's a perfect segue to head into uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, So I would normally throw this to the guest, but um, as I'm very keen to see how this is going to play out, (laughs) Chris... So, having watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and ag- agreeing that it's a fantastic film, not quite what you expected, but very uh, disturbing, how did you find Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is a bit like Monty Python doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> so how did you
2: think it? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that question, Lee, and put it in those terms, because, <laughs> like, what a good start this film was, and bearing in mind that we've just recently watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 for the first time ever last week. And you get a hint at what might be coming in the end scene of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. This ramps it up to way more than I ever expected. And as you can imagine from the other films I've liked, this so worked for me. The, The comedy value was just so well done mixed with the, Completely insane horror aspects. Like, I'd just like to say something I never thought I would learn from a film, and definitely not from this film, based on the title. But when wearing someone else's face, and it can actually turn out to be more awkward than just terrifying, screaming, disgusted, and then that person gets up and you're like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm wearing your face." Um, yeah. I'm as embarrassed. Like, this is terrible. I don't know. What to do. Like, just you know, who would have thought that would happen in a film? So, uh, you know, that scene alone made this entire film worth I, it. I can now see your box art review, Chris, just being a
3: delightful <laughs> comedy of manners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. I seem to have
2: your face and your face and, <laughs> and she couldn't even take it off. Like. It's just... <laughs> I was like, "What? That is, that is insane." But anyway, yeah. So, I was, so that, work out, I was trying to work out whether it's worse if it's warm or cold. Ah. <laughs> oh, oh. Right now, do I do I do I had to skip to that bit because that was just that stood out more than you know many other scenes. And there have been some serious scenes in these films that I've, you've you've made me watch in the dungeon while tied up. You know, like that that stood out. So. Yeah, but all right, to go back to the beginning, like the, the two guys that I hated, nice, straight in there, they're, you know, speeding along, they're very annoying, shooting whatever they can see, just arrogant, you know. And it's like, okay, I'm thinking, what's going on? This is not like the first one, really. And <laughs> no. yeah, and then and then <laughs> when they see the truck, you're like, oh, I, I'm, something's going to go on here. Yeah, I know what's going to happen. And then when obviously they do it a bit over the top, but the truck's <laughs> driving along backwards and he gets up and he's got the, the guy in front of him and the truck is like, that is just, okay, I'm I'm all set. This film is for me. <laughs> it's like from there, it just kept getting better. So yeah. like I've, amazing. I've got to say,
0: Jennifer didn't join us for this, but yeah, that was one of the things she said is when you see those two guys at the beginning, who were just driving along, one of them in the <laughs> stupid glasses shooting all the time, she was like, they are a pair of pricks, they're going to be here yeah. in the next five minutes. and I was like, "I don't okay.
2: think they've got that long. I don't. <laughs> well I, th- I think I think they they did oh, probably every scene in this was done the way I would like it to have been done, just <laughs> like just such a good balance of comedy and horror, like yeah, so good.
0: Bobby I know this is one of your favorite movies and you watch it on Mm. an all too regular basis so so what's your uh, what is the the law to it for you that keeps bringing you back
1: first off I just I just gotta say like I am so incredibly proud of Chris right now (laughs) (laughs) I know we've 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 already kind of hinted at it already on this episode but he he's just come so far
3: yes (laughs)
1: And it it's it you know uh you know when the Grinch you know when the Grinch's heart fills with joy <laughs> at the end? That literally just happened hearing him describe this film. Um here's the thing all the way over in Texas have that
2: effect. <laughs> no but guided by some of the best minds, I'd like to say.
1: Good. I'm I'm just the estranged uncle in this situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. But um <laughs> yeah this is it's just it's just incredible to hear your um initial take and 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 how receptive you've been about Texas Chainsaw Massacre I feel like if you if Lee and Adam would have showed you Texas Chainsaw Massacre within the first five episodes of Welcome to Horror we wouldn't be having this conversation right now that the podcast would be over it would be
2: (laughs) chance
1: So, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is, um, if you think of the first one, the first, it's very akin to, like, how mm, Night of the Living Dead is kind of like a reflection of the civil rights era, and then in the 70s, mm. you have Dawn of the Dead, which is more of, like, a commentary on consumerism, like a sign mm. of the times kind of themes. With, with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's one of those, like, Post-Vietnam War, very post-Vietnam War, kind of ultraviolet, visceral, uh, disturbing, uh, horribly bad trip of a movie. Yeah. Whereas whereas Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is basically the coked-out, 80s, yeah. Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> version of it. I did have like, some
2: of those thoughts.
1: Yes, it's like um, we just did a coke bender, um, and it's 1986, <laughs> and... Um, and it, in it, it, it's the tone of of like a saturday morning cartoon because they would always take more yeah. i guess in the 80s they would take more i guess adult themed movies and twist them for kids mm-hmm. um a lot of times in it and it had that same kind of uh, like absurdist tone to it um yeah it's it, my favorite toby hooper is is canon films toby hooper he only did i believe three he did invaders from bars life force which is one of my favorite movies of all time Yes. Yeah, and, yep. and, and texas chainsaw massacre 2. and um i would probably rank this a tick below life force but not by much um, mm. um you're, you're tempting uh, me there well yes and and for whatever reason i don't want to go off on a life force tangent but for whatever reason it's always ranked as like one of the worst movies ever made i'm like whoever wrote this is a fucking hack it doesn't know what they're talking about <laughs> uh, but anyway um the, the beautiful work yes it really is um but the, the beautiful thing about the 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 union of of canon films Golan globus with toby hooper um, is, is personified in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too? because uh, I'm sure you were going to touch on it, Adam. Uh, um, Canon Films was basically like almost a more honed in, uh, somehow more money-driven model, like Roger Corman type model, where it's like, hey, yes. we're just going to crank out films. They would, they would literally make posters for a film before they actually wrote it. Or come up yeah. with a title for it and be like, hey, we thought of this title, make this movie. And they would just give money to these fairly well-known directors and just say, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, whatever. And, and, and yes, there's a lot of shit that came out of that studio. No doubt about it. But you're not, outside of indie films nowadays, you will never see a mass-marketed um, yeah. uh, uh, mainstream theater-run film that's as insane as something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Mm-hmm.
3: No. I think it's also that it's also that Roger Corman thing of well of if you throw enough shit at a wall, you will get hits. Yeah. It's like, you know, we if we just make ten movies this year, one of them's gotta make some money.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: even if the yeah. other nine fail dismally and just disappear, yeah.
1: And then they gave him Superman 4, and then that was the end of <laughs> Canon Films.
3: Yep. And the end of Superman for many years at the
1: cinema. <laughs> and, then, and then Superman was officially dead forever. <laughs> yeah.
3: But they um, mind you, that also comes from that marvellous thing of it's like, because again, again, this is something that we probably appreciate more than yourself, Bobby, is the fact that they said, well, we don't need to film it in America. We'll film it in Milton Keynes. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a notably sort of American-looking city in any way, shape or form. It's just very bland and was built in the 60s when it's like, well, we just, we just make houses for people to live in. That's what we do, don't we? There's no architecture or anything mm. that's sort of like, you know, nothing stands out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even feel like those old, like a lot of the old, um, like Universal films where they'd be set in Victorian London, but everyone had fire escapes.
1: Right, right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that are
3: specifically like New York. <laughs> yeah, just those um, wireframe things outside the buildings. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got to say this. Um, yeah, this film is just—it's a fantastic film. It's so much fun, but it is just. Batch. Like as soon as yeah, all, kind of almost as soon as um, uh, Bill Mosley turns up, it just. And Bill Mosley's character.
2: Wait, just, wait, who's Bill Mosley?
0: So Bill Mosley is chopped up. Um, the Vietnam vet who keeps scratching, it uh, and scratching. White okay. Dick. Yeah, I sent that message to Bobby. He, he asked me to remind him to, uh, the night before that we were recording today. So I just sent him a message that said, lick my plate dog dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously he knew immediately what was happening and said, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I, I love, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the kind of post-Vietnam thing. It's, it's like a parody mm. of itself at this point. Um, mm. Like the deranged, violent, murderous hippie for some yeah. reason it's just like an idea i love because it's like oh you know like flower power and like free love and like that whole that whole revolution that we went for that didn't work out so what what can we do instead oh let's let's start like murdering people and skinning their faces and <laughs> eating them and you know that kind of thing so it, um, he and, was and, a great and, character yes he's and and i there's a um a lot of this was filmed in, in Bastrop, Texas, which is about 30 miles East of where I am. Mm. And, uh, there's a cult movie convention out there, very small, but they get some pretty big names in there just cause of the location and stuff. And it's close enough to Austin, but there's a guy there every year that just, just cosplays as chop top. And it just <laughs> hits the nail on the head. Like you think it's Bill Mosley, but it's not because Bill Mosley's like over there signing autographs <laughs> yeah. and, um, and 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 as good it's a good character but it's also so but he's so obnoxious like get, like mm. like the the guy cosplay him I'm like all right dude like I get it like please fuck it's off now like I don't want to <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to oh, so, like so interact living, with you anymore he's doing
3: the character as well he's right.
2: like just oh yeah. right yeah oh, anyway f- Yeah. So. yeah no. <laughs> yeah but that's it because when you first see him and I, and at first I was thinking is he actually one of them? I mean he obviously looks like he should be but then I thought is he actually just some crazy guy who has heard that tape and just wants to hear it more and and yeah he's doing the thing with the... hang on it's like what are you doing?
1: What, I still what don't know what on? he's doing with that thing.
2: just scraping a bit of his... This,
0: bit of his head. Yeah, like, I'd
2: just...
1: imagine it's itching if
0: it's heated. <laughs> oh no, except, but he's like, like just scraping off the coat hanger and then eating. They,
1: they didn't have to give that to his character. Like, yeah. His character would have been fine without that, but for whatever reason the coat hanger with the lighter and the scratch, like, that just <laughs> takes it to like an entirely different level of upsetting.
3: Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need to have a plate in his head full stop. Right. but they've, they've done the, the appliance fully. <laughs> yeah. It yeah incredible, incredible, I've got to admit. It you, you do incredible. get the line about the Sonny Bono wig, which is, <laughs> again, one of my favourites. Yeah, how upset he was about it. and yes.
2: then, uh, But then a bit later, it was like, yeah, no. We well, music is, is my
3: life, that's why. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: but yeah, can I just say, so a few standout scenes, like just, uh, you know, as it's progressing, the chilli competition, you know, silly but it was funny
0: now Bobby NC... can you shed some light on this chili cook-offs again is something <laughs> that in our minds only happen <laughs> in Texas but do they really happen in Texas or is that That's not a really grill. a thing
3: yeah uh,
1: um, I mean we like we definitely have there's definitely a chili culture here hmm um i'm not gonna say i've ever been to a chili cook-off uh, so yeah i mean it's 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 a real thing i guess okay um and 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 they do kind of touch on that rivalry between oklahoma mm. and texas at the beginning yeah. there yeah. um and then the big thing in texas is like we don't put beans in our chili mm. and b- between you me and our in in your audience um I actually like beans and chili quite a bit. I like. Beans are you are you a bit
2: of a progressive? Sort of
1: yes, Texan? and then I, I think it's time to, to push past <laughs> the traditional yeah. values of no bean chili in this state. <laughs> um, because I think beans are essential. Uh, in it, chili, they're to be pretty honest. good just as far
2: as nutrition. Right, but it's,
1: I, I I wouldn't like when you think of iconic Texas foods, you don't honestly you don't really think of chili. But for whatever reason, there's like a culture. Mm. In a lot of different states about chili. Um, do you guys we have get- chili out there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very good one. Yeah, we do, and we do think it's Texan.
2: Okay, yeah, that's fine. Texan or I mean, Mexican, it is. I guess, should be. Yeah, it,
1: it's kind of rooted in that. Like it, it, it boils down to like kind of that cowboy culture, or like mm. out on the frontier, kind of remnants of that whole thing of like, yeah, we just have like uh, we got an onion and a shoelace <laughs> yeah. and a fucking. <laughs> leftover beef and we're just gonna slow cook it over a over a uh, campfire yeah um so i mean i don't know if chili is necessary like if 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 it came from a culture of like people that were it it wouldn't have come for like well-off people it's like Mm. it's like desperate food if that makes sense it's like (laughs) you know it's like depression era like what do we got left throw it in a pot kind of shit
0: nice Oh, sorry,
2: Chris, to have waylaid you there, but I had made. That's a right. That was, was an important question. But yeah, so you know, so you're doing the chili competition, and obviously, you know, you know what's coming, and Draken comes out, and and then she eats a spoon, and there's a, a peppercorn shell, and you know, like just <laughs> clearly a tooth. Yeah. yeah you, know, takes but you know, <laughs> you know, it's just scene after scene with this comedy he's like we're set this is this is just looking great and then then um and then obviously you've got a bit of serious stuff you learn about stretch and uh, what's his name is it? LG yeah. and and that's that's all fine and she's obviously oh we've got figuring out what's going on here um, yeah and then and then lefty comes into it but then he obviously and it's like yeah okay you probably a bit crazy because you I don't know what was the relationship he's wasn't his son, was it? I mean, at one point, no, it's his
3: brother. It's no, it's um Sally and um Franklin are his niece and nephew. Right. Okay. So lefty. Right, so, yeah. yeah. So when he keep when he, but when he keeps saying brother and sister, that's
2: just like yeah, really just okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Right. So
0: again, it is so yeah, so funny that again I picked up on that this time, which I hadn't picked up on before. So in theory, so they'd been down in the deep south. uh of Texas where the, the first film happened and then they took Franklin's body and his
2: wheelchair yeah, every, and shipped every, yeah. them all the way up to Yeah but off. but, but Drayton is a pretty serious businessman when he gets down to it. I mean to be honest look here's another really important thing I learned from this film. It's uh it's the little <laughs> man who pays his taxes. Right? Now that, that tells you that tells you everything you need to know about draketon He is a mixed up character. He's yeah. like, we got some serious stuff going on over here, and we got some wacky stuff going on over there. And he's like, I'm just this conflicted, <laughs> I want a big business, and I don't want to be pushed down by the, the forces well, that are controlling it's me. the
3: small businessman who gets it in the ass.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly.
3: But, but yeah, it's just I'm... great. <laughs> I, I I just thought that they... the Because I thought that as well. It's was like, why would you... T- and then they do say they couldn't find any trace. So you kind of get the idea they must have upped everything when they left. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've just had to get rid of everything. Because let's face it, the police would have been, well, we did find a bone room. <laughs> and we did find... <laughs> Whereas they're sort of like, no, nothing happened. Although, obviously, a according bone to... Room. What, what is it? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation where of course it would have been the government who cleared it up for them because there's some weird Mm. 90s conspiracy theory in that one but yeah I definitely have to watch that now even if I'm disappointed it's
0: more batshit than this one believe it or not In, in a stranger way
1: is that the third one or,
0: it's the one with McConaughey. One. I've
1: only seen the first three and then the remake. So I, yeah. Oh, the oh. McConaughey one. Yes, that yeah. movie is fucking crazy. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that in years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I'm really going like, to watch that when I we get done here.
3: Yeah, that's, that's number four. <laughs> right, right. I've not seen number three, um, Leatherface. Not it's seen no, it's worth
1: a watch. Seen. It's not horrible. It's, it's way better than you'd think it'd be. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I'll check that out. I'm glad to know it's not it's not ending tonight.
1: (laughs) Wow! You're gonna have if if I ever if I ever finally um, uh, hop over there to see you guys, I expect Chris to have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface tattoo (laughs) portrait (laughs) on his arm at some point, or his full back. I don't know. Let's party!
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Leatherface certainly took on. He had a little extra depth in this one. He fell in love. I mean, who saw that coming?
1: Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> this is the film where we actually get a glimpse into like, Leatherface's, um, dare I say, sexual appetite. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and as insane and ridiculous as this movie is, it, it does break new grounds in that it, it humanizes Leatherface. Mm. Mm. Far more than the original where he's just a monster that chases a girl with a chainsaw. So, so, you know, it's, it's saying to its audience, which is us at 14 or us now, whatever Mm. uh, it's saying, (laughs) uh, it's saying, see fellas, he's, he's just like you. He's a (laughs) relatable character. Um, um, And, and with that um, I think the themes of this film are, are, are very, under recognized meaning there is it's a women's empowerment film for one mm. and second of all um, going off the humanization of of, of Leatherface uh, it's an exploration of that situation between a man's loyalty to his family mm, yeah. his loyalty to the to the new to galley his, life his chainsaw. Mm. yes it's a coming-of-age tale is yeah. what it is <laughs> and um, <laughs> And there's a great scene uh, a little later on in the film where Ch- the, she's down in the subterranean hellscape of, 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 of uh, the, uh, the, where the family lives in the, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fucking hideout. Down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Chop Top is yelling, bubba has got a girlfriend. bubba has got a yeah. girlfriend. And there's this great shot where they... they it's a cl- close-up of Leatherface's f- face um giving this kind of like shruggy mm. eye roll yeah, like, yeah, sorry this that. is this is my family but yeah. you know that kind of thing yeah and and the humor the humor is is clearly over the top and ridiculous but it does have these moments of brilliance like that where mm. but you have to kind of be tuned into it you can't just sit back and and not pay attention even though it's a great movie to do that to as well because yeah. even, yeah. even Drayton sort of
3: treats it that way when they like because that's the only bit that they bring from the first film is they kind of recreate mm. the, the dinner scene. Yeah. yeah right uh, but at that point Drayton's like talking to her and just saying you know he's never brought home a girl yeah. before you know, this is big news and they, <laughs> they are treating it in that sort of a way and it's yeah just
2: so it's like, yeah, you know, they want to give a little bit of that, but they still are going to bash her right over the head with a hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not going to end well, you know. <laughs> I'm so
1: fucking Which, burned, again, yes. yeah.
2: <laughs> But you. again, like, you think, you might think doing that scene again wouldn't necessarily be as good, but I think um, they and, and they use that zoom in on the face a bit, but they, I think they only did it to Grandad, and as he sort of starts to come alive... Whereas he's trying to do the hammer, he has a few goes, and then he's like, oh, he's starting to feel it, and then manages to get a bit of a bash on her, and It's like that is just you know, it's it's there as it was before, but a little more subtle, and still, yeah, just it's twisted but funny.
1: And, and it's actually close up dribbling. <laughs> yeah and i was thinking about that too like if this movie didn't have the humor that it had and they played this story straight faced it would be Mm. an absolutely miserable fucking (laughs) experience it would be straight up like eli roth style like gore Mm. porn like nonsense like wait wait, let's take a shower that was disgusting
2: yeah i've I've got the jury out in my head on him still because i know lee and adam are not big fans but because i liked his history of horror so much I just, mm. I've got to watch what he's done and just give him that one chance. Uh,
0: to be fair, I, I find him a bit like Quentin Tarantino. Like Quentin Tarantino, mm. his knowledge of film history and his, I, I think his taste in films it's, and music and everything. It's very impressive. Yeah. Off. I just don't just, like what like he, what does he, he himself, tells, <laughs> unfortunately. I
1: do, I do, uh, non ironically love Cabin Fever. Um, as as far as just total schlock dog shit of a movie again <laughs> again non ironically but anyway eli roth is a uh you either love him or hate him but mm. i'm somewhere in the middle i guess
2: I'll, um, I'll come back to him at a later date
1: I quite we'll, liked- ta- we'll talk offline one day chris i'll say <laughs> quite shit. like the green
3: inferno yeah yeah that was all right yeah <laughs> Um, I think that was also because I'd very sagely said to someone just before it came out, zombies? Dumb, mate. Do you know what his next? Mm-hmm. Cannibals. Yeah. Mm. No, I was utterly wrong, but apart from that
1: film. Right, right.
3: Um, uh, we have I can't believe we've gotten
0: this far, and we haven't yet mentioned Dennis Hopper somehow. Um, oh,
1: wow.
3: But, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, that's how mental this film is. Yeah, yes, that's right. Is we, we even... Dennis Hopper's in it? <laughs> but, not, but not outside it like he usually is
1: now dennis hopper um for years and years and years considered this the worst movie he's ever been a part of and then and then of mm. course he did super mario brothers which oh. by the way he does a great uh, a great version of, of donald trump in that movie <laughs> and again he does it in land of the dead
3: i was thinking yes. this the other day because yes. i was like, because I was going, what's his character called, in Land of the Dead? And all I was like, was Donald Trump. I can't remember what it's <laughs> But that's definitely It's uncanny.
1: Yes. But yeah.
3: A reassessment soon, I think.
0: I think I bought that when it came out on DVD, but I don't think I've actually gotten around to rewatch it. I saw it in the cinema. Mm. I don't think I've seen it again since. So.
1: Could, could
2: yeah. we put that on the list?
0: Uh, we Oh, Chris, we have got the next 10 episodes lined up already for you. We How come to, we have
2: this many still to go?
0: Adam and I, we, we, this is the thing. So, sorry, just to, to break into this very quickly. Um, Adam and I were discussing and we planned out the next 11 episodes, I think, of all the stuff that we wanted to cram in before we hit 100, but we're not quite <laughs> going to. We're going to go over by a couple.
2: Um, it's, it's like my life has been planned out for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, me plan. comforting. You're gonna love it. <laughs> um
0: But yeah, d- first thing, Dennis Hopper's attire in this, like those suits mm. that he wears, I want to, I want to dress like that every day. Yeah. Like, I just love his outfits in this film. He just yeah, looks. You
1: make that happen.
0: Immaculate.
1: <laughs> I guess, so that, cool. yeah.
0: It's probably, there's probably a, a kind of Texas. Style. You probably see people dressed like that all the time. I've never seen anyone in real life. <laughs> That be not since.
1: really, not really. But yeah, I mean, it's it's out there. It's usually uh um if you go to like a Texas like dance hall or like kind of a mm. country music like there's a there's a, a, a rift between like what you would hear as like what we call pop country with like uh, Nash like what comes out of Nashville like yeah. radio country, mm. and then in places like Austin and in other places there's more of an underground scene of more of a uh, traditional country like a kind of Merle Haggard, Jimmy Rogers type um, uh, style old school country and, and in those shows people will get decked out like Dennis Hopper in this movie um, where it's just like 1960s retro with the pearl snaps and the in the hat and polo tie and everything.
3: Oh, I was going to ask actually Bobby because it was just something that I was curious to ask a Texan Hashtag ask a Texan, Um, (laughs) and it was um, when the when Dennis Hopper's at the crash site, and then the other like the actual jurisdictional police turn up, um, Mm -hmm. and one of them says, uh, one of them shouts at him and just says, "Hey cowboy, get out of there!" Now, how much is that? Is that quite a confrontational expression? To suddenly start calling someone cowboy. are you gonna get shot in the face? I mean yeah um, <laughs> especially if they're dressed like Dennis
1: Hopper. <laughs> I mean if if they're dressed like Dennis Hopper they're kind of asking for it mm. like <laughs> like the attitude to it, like we're not like short people we we as much as like we have the oh, not me personally but like the I guess the I'm from like the city so I, I you can't hear an accent on me as far as Texas goes mm. but like where it's not like in the movies where you like you know you uh, you know tap a guy at a saloon on the shoulder and they turn around and punch you or whatever <laughs> like it's like we have a very genuine um, sense of like hospitality as well as like we can actively kind of give shit to strangers and like no <laughs> one's going to get offended like it takes a, It takes a lot to push us over the edge to actually like be what you would call confrontation there's so many shitty drivers in this state like, <laughs> people, like, people should be getting shot like all the time, all the time. Yeah. but and it doesn't now, happen now you're one okay. of
2: Australians like laid back
1: right uh, it, yeah it, it's it's laid back but not for the sake of being laid back just mm. for the sake of being polite I guess mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, we can we can whoop someone's ass too if she's pushed over the <laughs> pushed over the edge. So yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. I've never really thought about like, hey, Cal, I'm I'm going to go test that out at the, uh, <laughs> the Walmart today oh, after this <laughs> and see what happens.
0: It, 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 and it's funny, it is, Texas does have that very. It is almost those two very. And I used the term on the last episode, but very diametrically opposed. Like, it's Texan hospitality is, it is a term that even we've heard of. It's a very, they are the friendliest and the nicest and the most,
1: but at the same time. I mean, time, look at me. Exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I mean. You're lovely and we get on with you yeah. splendidly. Um, uh, yeah, and, and maybe this is a little bit biased, bias, but um, I've been to other parts of this. You, you had mentioned earlier the Deep South like mm. texas and like to be honest with you and i wasn't going to call you out at the time because there's no reason to the deep south would be more like mississippi or alabama or even mm. you know, the panhandle of florida georgia that's like your civil war like gone with mm. the wind you know mm. plantations and slavery south whereas texas mm. is kind of its own country and kind of its own thing so that said um i've been to other parts of the south and they have that hospitality but it seems a lot more forced and contrived. Like they're just like putting on a fucking, let's roll up our overalls and go and have a hoedown kind of thing. Whereas in Texas, it's like, it's in our DNA, just not to just be like, if someone comes to your house, you're like, hey, do you want some chili? Or like, hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, do you want to stay for dinner or that kind of thing? Whereas like over there would be like, you know, it it just seems a little more, I don't want to say phony, but it just, I don't know. Again, it's probably genuine. It's right? not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Texas is better, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, you do, equally,
0: as I say, you you have that element, but at the same time, you know, you do look. You know, if somebody says you saying about places, you know, somebody says Texas to you, what do you think? Yeah, mm. it's like it, it's it's hats, barbecues, uh, guns, guns. I mean, that's
1: that's not, not that's not incorrect. but that's not that's not all it is either like it's this it's the the size of germany okay
2: yeah
1: so like i live in austin which is kind of the like liberal progressive hub like the college town where like you know Mm. a a few hundred miles away is the more conservative kind of blue not blue collar but like farming agriculture college um and then houston is more cosmopolitan than new york city like officially (laughs) And then Dallas is where people that can't afford to live in L.A. go to live. Um, They call it the home of the $30,000 millionaire. Um, (laughs) And then San Antonio is just a giant Mexican restaurant. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's like walking into a, uh, a taco stand, but like a city. I'm not talking about the people. I'm just talking about the vibe and yeah. the in the food and everything uh, i didn't mean that for that to go off it's like extremely <laughs> racist but it just is what it is and then everything outside of there is basically texas chainsaw massacre but so is is
2: the whole place is quite mixed like the, yeah. but that's the weird thing though because you know we say texas and i could almost think of that as a county and yet that's totally wrong you know and that's i think that's the whole thing with america like if, each state is like its own country
1: if this was a sane world, Texas would be divided up into like at least five states, yeah. five separate countries. Yeah. Um so it it's very diverse, but there is still a like kind of a homogenous attitude at the same mm-hmm. time. Um and and my wife actually is a public school teacher, kind of in the area where this movie was shot. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I, I think she would think that it's a, a pretty accurate representation of of that side of Texas. <laughs> I, su- I,
3: suppose, I suppose because of, I mean, that's the thing, because of the size of Texas, it's like, you know, we're different to Scotland or yeah. to, even to like the north or the west or whatever like that. So I suppose it, you know, it must be a lot more, mm. you know, it isn't like, as you say, it's not like a homogenous thing. But definitely that is how certainly in my head that is that these two films are Texas in the the first film is like the scary sort of more rural agricultural sort of sparser areas. And then number two is um, what I can only describe as oil money, Texas, like just
1: interesting. just so, fucking pretty, wild shit. Yeah. Some wild and crazy <laughs> yeah. fun times. Yeah, more, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting like, take. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. Let me put it to you this way. Um, outside of the major cities in Texas, you could walk into any town and look around at the Dairy Queen or the uh you know the uh the gas station or whatever and just be like, Did a fucking bomb go off in this place? <laughs> what is this? And then you would think to yourself, like I could move here, run for mayor and have a very good chance of winning. (laughs) So in, and, and yes, the rural folk, as I'm sure you have over there are, they're like mostly good people, but Mm. you know, you do get your creepy kind of um, more degenerate style folks. And I I think that not to say that Texas Chainsaw Massacre's Portrayal of Texas is accurate, but it's also not inaccurate. It's like a very exaggerated version mm-hmm. of like you have like the hills have eyes, which was based on a Scottish family, mm. a real Scottish family, as far as I know, and I'm sure that you guys have like hill folk uh, oh, yeah. or just like you were talking about. I guess what uh, we say. That? you know um, just rural like there's mm. the 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 creepy isolated rural archetype is everywhere I think mm. yeah right they're cut off from culture they're cut mm-hmm. off from education uh, you know what I mean like it's it's everywhere and and in what Texas Chainsaw Massacre does is it's take that idea f- from a Texas perception and makes it absolutely horrifying
2: I <laughs> in the same way it takes Chainsaws and portrays them in a way that isn't exactly yeah. how chainsaws are used most of the time?
1: Hopefully no, yes.
2: <laughs> Unless you walk yeah. around with jaw wielded chainsaws.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, the, the Dennis Hopper at the yeah. chainsaw, they, like, that is my absolute... <laughs> if is... I won the lottery, be me. Yeah. I'm going to walk in, am going to slap down a thousand pounds, just... I'm going to pick up three chainsaws, <laughs> and I'm going to go outside and I'm going to wield them like a fucking lunatic, a massive log while the man
3: from the shop just laughs at me. That was partially the reason as well that I said about doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is because when me and Claire watched Mandy, I said this mm. features my second favourite chainsaw <sighs> fight
1: <laughs> and well, that obviously raised
3: the question so what's Which the first? Is the first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 obviously because yeah <laughs> It's it's because awesome.
0: Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Jennifer did say actually if they remade Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 um, Nicolas Cage would play mm. the Dennis Hopper character because it's the same like just you know he's quite calm and he's quite, and then the slightest little <laughs> opportunity to go absolutely off the rails and he goes batshit just full on yeah and it, it's so entertaining and like he does have the same characteristics of he's Funny, but he's menacing. You never mm. quite know how to take him. Um,
3: I when, think that's when, just Dennis Hopper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, when, <laughs> Stretch turn, when Stretch turns up at his hotel, I'd just like to say that hotel as well was another one that caused some uh, diversity. When they were at the hotel, and Jennifer was like, "Oh God, can you imagine staying somewhere like that?" And I was like, "Yep, that is my dream <laughs> somewhere to stay like that, where you just I can sit in my room, I can watch TV and do my own shit." If I just want to go and just drink and act like an absolute lunatic, I've only got to open the door and it's just going on right outside my room. It's fantastic.
2: It's
1: we long we can make earplugs, that happen. Honestly. We can make that happen very easily. Lee. <laughs> wasn't,
2: Lee, Lee, wasn't that like you back at the YMCA? It was a lot like when I lived <laughs> at the YMCA. But like, when I used to come there, it was like, what is this chaos going on? Let, let's not talk about that. <laughs> all, all the, those all the those times, were the days. All he times. wasn't the only
1: guy coming there. <laughs>
3: Or the time that you put your inflatable armchair in the lift and sat there drinking beers just going up and down and saying hi to anyone who would called the lift. Yeah, I was a little bit drunk and
0: thought it'd be really funny to get in with an inflatable chair. Oh and a welcome mat from outside my door.
2: Just I mean, drinking right welcome,
0: Send the lift down to the ground floor so that everyone had called the lift. I was just sitting there just drinking. You are right. Come on I- here.
1: You know, you guys, you guys have talked about your impressions of Texas. Let me just say this yeah. about that story there: that is the most British version of a practical joke I've ever heard in my entire life. If you could even consider it a practical joke, or just like a, a roustabout about to get involved in, just a like a wild thing to go do. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Oh.
3: That's what oh. we'll do. We'll do the film, The Essex Inflating Chair Paper.
1: <laughs> we get these, uh, we used to get back in the 90s, you could order them off television. It was like, a, it was just, a, it was basically like before YouTube, Just, just like kind of hour long, two hour <laughs> videos of just people doing practical jokes on the street. And it was mm. always clearly set in a European city because there was no dialogue. It was just that like European laugh track. And mm. uh, I could see that being on, uh, it was like one of those as seen on T, like 1999, order the practical joke video. And I could see Lee on that video. Was it Lee in the inflatable chair? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're a wild cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> right, now
0: I've admitted
3: more about my past than I'd like to. Um, well, shall, shall we shall we reflect on your past by discussing Dennis Hopper? I sent all. I did. I did send all of you gentlemen the picture, the video of him blowing himself up with dynamite. That is incredible.
0: <coughs> Absolutely incredible. Like I have a, an absolute trust in if a scientist, quote unquote, says to me, "This is safe." I would absolutely believe it. Not enough that I would entrust my life to that degree, where and I'll let you describe the video, Adam. Um, he puts himself in massive mortal danger for no yeah. reason, apart from to just go. This is cool. Check this shit out. Yeah,
3: uh, definitely. If anyone, anyone out there, Google uh, you, Google on uh, sorry YouTube and just put in Dennis Hopper dynamite chair, and you'll see it. <laughs> but basically he was promoting his this was 1983 so long after he'd sort of you know left all the craziness behind apparently <laughs> um or supposedly uh yeah 1983 he's promoting the film out of the blue which is a pretty good film and he um went to rice university in texas where he was uh showing the film and doing a q and a and he then said, oh, I want to do this trick and sort of kind of put it together there, you know, like in the way you could do, maybe put on a gig or something where it's like, well, I know a guy who's got an amp. I know a guy who's got a thing. (laughs) And yeah, he managed to get it together and um, the university wouldn't let him do it um, on their grounds. So he went to a racetrack somewhere who said he could do it after the stock car racing. And um, yeah, basically, if you position yourself in the middle of four sticks of dynamite, Dynamite will only explode uh, to path of least resistance. Mm. So as long as they go off absolutely simultaneously, they will cancel each other out. And therefore you're safe right in the middle of it. And Dennis Hopper proved this. But he is in just like a grey woolen suit and a jumper. And yeah, just blows himself up like fucking wily e. Coyote. And then <laughs> wanders out and just congratulates everyone on a job well done. But but you kind of just expect that, yeah, it's it's Dennis Hopper, and that's the only reason why it worked, because yeah. it was the path of least resistance was not exploding into Dennis <laughs> Hopper, <It was> <laughs> fucking man. and basically could distort reality with his insanity. And um, that actually that was something as well is that Claire, Claire thought the film was uh, like she thought that Texas Chainsaw 2 was uh, made much later. She thought it was sort of mm. like early 90s. And I said, is that yeah. just because of Dennis Hopper? Because obviously he had that sort of resurgence. He's in stuff like Speed and World, and he was in quite a lot of stuff in the 90s. Um, but yeah, so I had a bit of a read up on sort of other things. Apparently at his peak... He would be doing twenty-eight beers, half a gallon of rum, and three ga- grams of coke a day. That was his daily intake.
1: He's like yeah. Ric Flair. <laughs> 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 Who puts and, um, Motley Crue to shame?
3: It is. Um, he, when he was directing, he well, when he was directing Easy Rider, he basically did everything with a loaded gun on him. Um, he married Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and Papas for eight days. He was so <laughs> high on fucking acid at the time, he forgot they got married. And then she decided, I've had enough of this, because she spent eight days with him, she firing off guns in the house and shouting. And, and tried, oh, and apparently handcuffed her at one point because he was convinced she was a witch. So she made a dash for it, went to the airport, he drove his car onto the runway to try and prevent the aircraft getting going off. And... Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, he's, he's a bit of the same elk as like a Hunter S. Thompson, only like the it film. He yeah. is very much like that sort of thing. Um,
3: apparently, this was this was weird, because I was just talking to someone about uh, Chainsaw 2 in the week, and they, they related this story to me. Um, apparently, at one point in the very early 70s, uh, David Bowie was at a party in LA, high, I would imagine, and um, he announced to everyone that he was very upset that his good friend Iggy Pop was in rehab and felt they should all go and break him out. And the only person who was like, yes, that's a fucking great idea, was Dennis Hopper. <laughs> and no, and apparently they went, they started driving, and apparently Dennis was so fucking manic, it sobered Bowie up. Wow. And Bowie turned the car around because he was basically like, "Yeah, what we'll do is we'll go back to my house. We get some guns. I've got a grenade." And, he <laughs> and he's like, I just meant we go down there and like take him home. I didn't mean like fucking stomp the place. All
2: right. So, so, so Dennis Hopper acting is Dennis Hopper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that that is why he he despite the fact he didn't like it, he fits this film. Yeah. He he's like a brooding undercurrent in this film rather than
1: like the fireworks and he, he's not one to phone it in like no. like you can tell that he's hes like kind of like uh, clearly from his perception of this film and like how he says it's like one of the worst movies he's ever been in like he still brings the performance like it's still an iconic mm. character right yeah and, and you have to respect that about you know well, I guess they were just like well you need to hire someone that's just going to be crazy and over the top and Dennis Hopper, why not? You know, yeah. you know that'll work. So um, you gotta, yeah. So he's uh, he's a professional, is what. Oh is yeah, what I'm it's
3: it's like Peter Cushing. You can tell where Peter Cushing's been putting some right shit, but he's never less than like right. 100% in it.
0: It's funny. I was sure. about to say exactly the same. Christopher Lee, you like, you know, he comes mm. away and he talks shit about a film, but he's <laughs> always amazing in that film. Like he might say, "Oh, the, the script was garbage," and Nobody on set knew what they were doing. It was like, yeah, but you
3: still... not understand effort. what I was meant to be doing there, and I just said to them, I'm not saying the lines. <laughs> and they all agreed. <laughs> Whereas with
0: Dennis Hopper, it's like, if we give you a line and two more shots, yeah, fuck it, yeah, I'll do it then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually,
3: actually, I forgot to mention that on the last one. You know, the... the Texas the the first film has the narration at the start of it
2: Hmm. the -hmm. guy who
3: did the narration was apparently his payment was a joint a a joint uh, oh uh, yeah (laughs) on a completely unrelated note i would like to tell people that i am available for bookings for voiceovers
1: (laughs) (laughs) i take green (laughs) (laughs) um Can I can I roll back? Wait, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. Is there any more uh, Dennis Hopper fun facts? Um, Oh well, apart from he started
3: a hippie commune in Taos, Mexico, which is apparently quite a rough place. I'm not not familiar with it. Um, And basically, he yeah he set up. It was like, no, we're going to live free and do a proper hippie commune. Uh, Paranoia set in, so he started stockpiling guns. He ended up with machine gun nests on the roof. And then one night he stripped naked and ran into the jungle. And uh, apparently, where was it? Uh, He, yeah, spent the night having visions of aliens and the end of the world. And this is... I've been there.
0: We all think we've all been
3: there. This is the quote, though. I thought the third world war had started. I masturbated in front of a tree and thought I'd become a galaxy. And that was an interview with him like in the early 2000s. Um, he ended up in town next morning screaming at the police to shoot him dead. Oh, I I've,
1: I've always I've always said if I could just go back in time and like experience as an avatar a celebrity's life <laughs> it would be Keith Richards but Dennis Hopper is like after all of that that you just said Adam, Dennis yeah. Hopper is like right up there now. Oh, it would be a coin and, flip.
3: And weirdly <laughs> and weirdly enough he's like it, within, the, within the sphere of it he is a really respected artistic photographer and conceptual artist and like had proper you know like not vanity sort of stuff but like proper exhibitions of his work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's like mm-hmm. really well but also yeah, tripping off his tits in the jungle, thinking aliens had landed. And it's sort of, yeah, I, I like oh, awesome. that. <laughs>
0: I think it's that. I think it's that Bill Hicks thing of like, if you can separate, like if you can go and do that and push yourself to those absolute limits and then go, do you know what? I did that and it was fun and I'm not going to do it again tomorrow. Like I'm just, <laughs> I, did, I did that and it was amazing and it changed my life but I don't need to do it again for another
3: six months. Mm. Like, Whereas I, mm. I, I think Dennis was much more on a... I can't remember what happened last night. We got this far. So let's try that so again. again. <laughs> do it again. Maybe I'll remember
0: what I did yesterday.
3: Yeah.
0: I thought of the perfect movie last night. If I just get that fucked again, maybe I'll remember what it was.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But no, no it I, I uh, def- definitely uh, deserves... Um, I think... I think he deserves greater credit for being that good an actor and being that <laughs> fucked like out of it. You know? Cause let's face it, like you say, that's that's stuff that fundamentally changes a man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't come back from that really
0: quick if you really. <laughs> if you have that kind of an experience. It takes a little while to get over, but he just seems to go from hurdle to hurdle and uh... Yeah. Deal with it, so, and then well, I like, mean the next day, and just act absolutely everybody else off the screen. It's mm-hmm. like the uh, the Ollie Reed effect. Yeah, <laughs> some would say the Johnny Depp effect, but you know
3: it, they're still in court, so let's not. <laughs> well, we're going to see how are we are we waiting to see how that swings before we <laughs> yeah before before we'll we be... choose a side. <laughs> Nail our colours to the mast. <laughs>
1: Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, when you guys kind of similar to that question about Texas, would I say Texas Chainsaw Massacre too? Like, what are kind of the first images that conjure up in your head, or scenes, or settings, or places specifically in the movie? Because we haven't talked about this yet. What I'm what I'm trying to get to here.
3: I mean I think for me it's probably the Texas Battleland. okay. like the because I think at that point it's also just because it's how the movie really is which is it's Scooby-Doo because it Mm -hmm. does end in an abandoned theme park. Mm -hmm. but you know just a tad more hardcore than that usually is.
1: right. Um, what about you Lee?
0: Yeah, I I think for me, it's Dennis Hopper in that outstanding suit, swinging Uh, a chainsaw in either hand. Yeah. uh, Okay. Trying to slap a
2: a, 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 a log to death.
1: Okay. And and Chris?
2: Uh, I would say Leatherface, because of his evolution in this, is sticking in my mind. Okay, um, but you might have to ask me again in a week's time when I've fully <laughs> processed the film.
1: All, all fair points, but two things we've we've I failed to mention really is the protagonist, Stretch. That's yeah. true. Mm. Oh, you're right. Uh, pa- played by the beautiful Caroline
3: Williams. Williams.
1: Yeah. Um, who walked past me at a convention one time, and I froze Ooh. up like. A, um, <laughs> like a child. Um, <laughs> very good looking like 50 something year old woman, maybe older than that. Um, but mm. anyway, uh, Stretch is a great character. And for, for multiple reasons, and and she's a radio DJ. And what I was getting at with that question is like, I always think of the, the radio station scene. And by the way, this is the second movie I've uh, I've covered with you guys That's somewhat said in a radio in a station <laughs> yeah. um, which is interesting uh, coincidental but interesting um, because I, I feel like you're when you first meet Chop Top in that exchange between Stretch and, and Chop Top in the radio station when it's mm-hmm. Late mm-hmm. And I like I want to buy some uh, radio uh, ad time or whatever. It's just like this weird exchange, and it's very awkward. And you know, mm. you don't know this guy's motivations, and blah blah blah. And then, out of fucking nowhere, uh, one of the great jump scares of of eighties horror cinema is is Leatherface in that scene. And it's simple; he just kind of arrives through the wall, and because the tonally the scene's very intense. And then, like, mm. boom, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you see Leatherface, and then it just goes full cocoa bananas. But also, yeah, minutes. it
2: goes crazy because he gets the wrong person. It's just like, right, right. Again, that fits this movie perfectly.
1: Right, and and staying on the the character of Stretch, um, I, I've got to say, when Leatherface later on in the movie, when Leatherface and in her are in the uh, Texas Battleland, uh subterranean hellscape, um, uh, she's trying to level with him. Hey, help me out, and he's his only, as a character, his only thing to know how to do is to put her, I guess, in disguise by placing another human's flesh mask onto her face. And I don't know, like, it's just the most Texas woman response to that situation. Because she just goes, put that down. Put that down. As if, like, a fucking cocker spaniel just stole your your riblet <laughs> off the ground and you don't want it to choke this this deranged man is trying to put a human flesh mask on your face to help you escape the su- subterranean of uh, a uh, uh, fire world and she's she's like just now put that down put that down <laughs> um it, it it really i never really noticed that until this last viewing and it's mm. absolutely brilliant um it's akin so, to sorry I
2: I was wondering about that so I didn't know if he was fully helping her or also because he obviously was so attracted to her but also liked her to be a bit more like him and so it's like oh yeah we kind of can do a bit of both here because then he starts dancing with her as well.
1: right and I think that's ultimately you know kind of the struggle of this movie is like what Mm -hmm. like I think think that's the internal struggle of the character of Leatherface in this movie Mm -hmm is he going to help his family murder and eat this woman or rape her or whatever it Mm. was they were like you know uh, they were like what is it like sex or the chainsaw or something like that Mm. that whole thing but at the same time he's torn because he's like wow i've never met i've never met a girl like you before Mm. kind of thing (laughs) i've Um, never
3: made a connection
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so um i i think that's i think that's up for debate and i don't think that the anyone really had an answer to that question in mind if that makes sense mm.
0: yeah I, I think you're right it's you do kind of her, her um her performance in this is fantastic like she, mm, yeah. she plays a really like her when she plays terrified, she's really good but then she reasons with him quite quickly which is mm-hmm. something that nobody really tries in the in the previous film
1: yeah and there's mm. yeah there's scenes where she's kind of trying to level with him as if they're like actually are in a relationship and they're trying mm. to kind of resolve a a conflict or an argument or something and like it catches him off guard like why is this woman not just screaming in terror trying Mm. to get away from me whereas my my you know when you when you run from a bear a bear is going to chase you maybe Mm. if you just tried to talk to the bear it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't murder you.
3: I've been told on numerous occasions that I am going to die by bear or (laughs) tiger or something just because I will be Oh, but look at his face! <laughs> oh, it should be bit, and
0: then savaged. So. I um during my work in Canada, uh, I came very close to that exact situation. Not me. Um, I, yeah, I, I had a group of people. There was a bear on the other side of it. Basically, we were looking at a waterfall, and a bear walked out of the trees, probably fifteen foot away from us. And I went, okay slowly back away walk away don't don't turn and run just walk away back away and we'll go back to the coach and they all just stood perfectly still and got the cameras out and i was like <laughs> i'm not fucking about now this bear <laughs> will be on you in literally seconds we need to move i was the only one backing away and i was like these,
1: uh, these are tourists huh were these tourists
0: yeah yeah I, I was uh i was escorting tourists through the rockies Oh my God. um yeah so, so they're English people, so they didn't realise what a bear can do.
1: Oh, it's like a deer with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with we, don't, we don't problems. have
3: we don't have much in the way of predatory
0: wildlife. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got to say, as a, as a tour director, they are very stringent on telling you just how close you can and cannot be. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and fifteen foot with a a four foot fence between the two of you, um, it's not it's not safe. <laughs> But uh, people seem to think that they know better because they can get a lovely picture to share mm-hmm. with their family.
3: I'd love, I would love the fact that you do have to tell people that because some people don't see the logic of it. That's, that's absolutely yeah. fine that there is a large... <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm wouldn't... assuming you're talking about an ursine mammal covered in fur with claws Yeah. when you say bear. You're not using yeah. a slang term. No. <laughs> right, OK.
0: Honestly, you wouldn't believe the amount of times um they're driving through Canada, you'll get a, a black bear or a grizzly on the side of the road. Um, yeah, and, and people will stop their cars and get within maybe ten foot of it to take photos. And it's like they move at 60 miles an hour, um and uh, like they've got like four inch long claws. If if mm. one of them goes to you, you are dead. And people stop at the side of the road and get out with their kids and take photographs right next to it, and think. And then when the park rangers turn up and start firing guns mm-hmm. to try and scare the people and the better, they're like, "Oh, it's very heavy-handed." And It's like, "No, it no, it isn't. It will kill you in seconds." Like people are, are, are mental.
3: You wouldn't believe it's the
0: like
2: things when, that people like do for the
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably the truth of it, is just far too many people, If you know, bears are seen as cuddly. Do you know what I, you... I find terrifying with bears is that their their paws seem very floppy. <clears throat> and I know this sounds weird, but you just think, but I've, you can tell how badly they fuck you up. Yeah. And,
1: and without the like, really
3: sort of weak mm. wrists. And it's like, mm. they must be, you know, if they actually went for it, oh dear, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of horror and welcoming to horror um, have you ever seen a picture of a bear without hair oh yes is it, yeah. it is an no. absolute um, uh, abject terror like yes. from the bowels of hell yeah. um, let's, let's look yes it on. kind of looks when like a mange, giant really raccoon big.
3: It looks yeah. not unlike Gary Oldman as a bat in Bram Stoker's Dracula. I would agree with
1: Yes. Yeah. But a bear. But bear. Yeah, that is, that is pretty horrifying. Um, yeah. Anyway, I want to. Um, <laughs> so you had mentioned earlier, uh, I believe, Adam, that kind of the only reference or nod to the original was the dinner scene in this movie.
3: Yes. Oh, and. I mean, obviously, you've got the chef. Uh, Drayton is because he's the only returning right. actor other than right, right, right.
1: The um, cattle uh, driver, the, the truck the, driver from the first film. Exactly, um, and by the way, I don't know if he mentioned this: the um, the corpse that Leatherface is carrying around mm. is mm. supposedly so. supposed to be the hitchhiker from the first one. Yeah.
3: Uh, oh, okay. Did you did you not know that? No. It's like, yeah, because even that like because they've basically turned him into a puppet yeah and that's when you find out his name's Nubbins
1: (laughs) that is so upsetting
3: because that's the bit where the uh right the end where Drake's like come here Nubbins what do you got (laughs) and he's looking for the (laughs) grenade. I have to say and this is this is probably reflects poorly on me but I would like I would like to have that sort of insurance policy you know, I just, feel, I just feel like would be just, a bit happy with a for... grenade where it's like, no, shit's gone too badly. Let's all, it's time like,
2: to get the grenade.
3: <laughs> the whole lot. quick I'm taking this all out. That's it. You know, it'd be something self-destruct. Like, well, you know, it'd be something like, oh, you go in to the toilets and someone's clogged the loo. Right, that's it. <laughs> too much. Uh, I think I might be a bit too reactionary to own a grenade mm-hmm. if I'm honest. But, <laughs>
0: but it, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's like when they say, you know, the people in the Second World War and they used to have the cyanide capsule underneath their mm. tooth. You just need to put something in your mouth and bite it. And, and they're like, yeah, I'd go to the shop and they wouldn't have a six pack of my favorite beer. And I'd just be like, <laughs> right, fuck it. This, you know, yeah, call it a day. That's it. It can't get better than this. So. <laughs>
1: but um, I've, I've... the. Cool, man. I was just gonna say, like the other, the other nod to the original, I guess, in 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 part two would be the ending. Um, yes, where she does the, I, the chainsaw right. dance, yeah, and and that is that is. I'll admit, like I think the first time I saw this movie, I was like relatively old. I was probably in my twenties when I was first starting to kind of get into weird uh, schlocky nonsense like this. And 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 through the whole film, I'm like, wow, this is great. This is a good movie. I, I really enjoy how insane this is. Blah blah blah. But then, like the last frame, just complete. Having seen the original, the last frame for whatever reason, just sealed the deal for me of of stretch just up there on that mm. weird tower mm. uh, at, at Texas Battleland uh, doing the doing the Leatherface thing, and then it just rolls credits. So you're like, fucking genius. But anyway. <clears throat> um, I want to talk i i, I it, it, the chainsaw itself is obviously a, a necessary kind of motif in these films um and in the first one it seemed like it was just scary and a practical kind of never used vulgar uh weapon for a monster Mm. to carry right the chainsaw right it wasn't held in any kind of reverence other than it's what the it's what the killer carried and it's in the title right Mm -mm. whereas in this movie the the chainsaw itself is is almost been elevated to like this like religious symbolism because when they get to where the the matriarch the uh the grandma Mm. is in that tower Mm in her corpse is all decrepit and very upsetting looking which by the way I believe uh, Tom Savini did a lot of the makeup on this yeah. um, uh, she's she's her, her whole like weird bone shrine up there mm. uh, by the way um, if you guys have anything to do with it when I'm dead I want a bone shrine on the top of an old amusement park
2: um, <laughs> we'll do what we can
1: but that, she has <laughs> she has a, uh, a symbolically for whatever reason she has a chainsaw in her corpse arms mm. and it's just interesting that it was elevated from like this kind of prop of of practicality into this more um i guess like magical almost. magical or religious yeah. type yeah. Uh, symbol and and mm. and that's what that's the chainsaw that stretch grabs at the end and, and yeah. uh, fins off uh chop top with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did, right, so, so I did
2: have some thoughts about that and I, I don't know what you guys think, but so one thing they did mention and they did it in the first one as well was about what sent grandpa crazy was the modernization of the uh, meat processing plants because he hated <laughs> all this new technology and he couldn't stand it. And and that's what really set them all off on this path of, you know, insanity, right? So, and, and that is arguably, you know, that modernization has caused a lot of people problems in their lives. So I assumed there was some, something in that, but then what's funny is the chainsaw is a modern tool relatively compared to, you know, just a hammer and a, a hmm. manual saw, and yet they're happy to use that for their purposes. So I, I no, don't know. They- yeah
1: in a, in a traditional slaughterhouse do they use chainsaws to like murder? yeah they don't users? use it for murder
2: but they do use them to carve up. To carve well, would, up that, that but, would that be a really traditional one? I mean because before chainsaws existed they would have used oh, before completely chainsaws, manual. they wouldn't use chainsaws, I think that's a given. yeah but so <laughs> so it's just like what? why were they happy to accept the chainsaw but not the because the, the other title forms? sounds
1: so, awesome. yeah well like
2: so no, maybe there's no no more to it. But what? But then, why make it the sacred
1: object? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's, because it's there's, in the
2: title.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love, yeah, I love What the comes first? When... <laughs> the chainsaw or the murderer?
3: Came <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, a... chainsaw or the massacre? Yeah.
3: Oh, there you go. Well, I think Does it's one of
0: those it? things. You know, it's it's like a you know a baseball bat is for playing baseball primarily, but you know, <laughs> no, fuck, solely, yeah, Lee. Sole, yeah. like, if somebody says, "I've got a baseball bat under my bed," like lots of people, do, like it's used fifty percent as much as a weapon as it is for sports. You know, like it, in the UK, we don't play baseball the way we do in the US. That... So, like that, that sports equipment is seen as much for violence as it is for. Mm. For playing sports, yeah, and uh, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre has kind of got that same thing. Like, yeah, it for violence, and then it became.
2: So why would Grandpa have hated the stun gun as much? He didn't mind. He liked the chainsaw, but he hated. sadistic old fuck who likes hitting the bastards. Right, I think
1: it's about. I think it's about enjoying the suffering and murdering of of people and animals. But can you potentially use the stun gun 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 and
2: just and just hurt people with it? No, the trouble
1: is. I think think the trouble is. Try it out.
3: I think it's also because they keep going on about him being able to hit one blow and kill the animal. Or is it because Texas Massacre
2: isn't quite as good?
3: Is it no? But also, is it because the gun? (laughs) Anyone can use the gun. Oh, you know, it's a matter of pride. It's like you've taken all the art out of it. Because yeah. you know, a guy can use a, a, anyone can use the retracted bolt gun and they'll get the effect. But yeah. grandpa was the only one who could whack him with an hammer and kill him. He was the artisan
2: character. hammer wielder. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, it's like, you know, if you look at
0: black cab drivers in London, um I'm
2: sure should
0: black cab drivers, their whole thing about how amazing they were was the fact mm. that they'd all fucking memorized. But, but the now London Satnav is completely ruined. And now yeah. so, and now so we're stat-nav. gonna have
2: the London Satnav massacre. Yeah.
3: Like, it's,
0: and it's and nice. I get it,
1: like when I murder a prostitute, it is more satisfying to use like a knife. Than just an old revolver from under the bed, you know. Like I'd rather just—it's that,
3: it's that interpersonalness, isn't it? It's the but only it's
1: way just, I can get hard. It's the connection—that yeah. that,
3: is—that actually very much the, sci- the 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 psychology of it, though. Is mm-hmm. that's why you really get serial killers use guns because it's all wrapped up with their sexuality, so they need to be near the. Right there you go. That's uh, that's
2: that's well, well, true. That, well, that is, and so yeah. So that scene with the uh, with the chainsaw and stretch, where he's riding it up her leg, is very erotic. It, well, yeah. I did. In fact, I did write down the erotic scene first, and then I changed <laughs> it because it's like mm, <laughs> it manifested some uh, weird. <laughs>
1: Chris is into some weird kink shit now because of all yeah. of you guys. Yeah. I had no I had nothing to do with it. It's
3: <laughs> not with him. He's irrevocably ja- uh, damaged. <laughs>
1: uh, he's a sexual deviant. Um yeah, I
0: should mention as well Like 12 years between the first movie and this sequel is a massive mm. difference, but I think I think the the, the two sh- films show that difference, so between really? this being an iconic, original, new idea and being totally, like, it, there's nothing like it. And then, as we say, this film is just totally different and just being full of 80s nonsense and over-the-top and craziness. um, Yeah, I think this is one of the films, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but, yeah, this feels like one of those first, like, well, let's take a film that was amazing that nobody's made a sequel mm. to and make a sequel to it. But because there's such a massive uh, time difference between the two, mm. the two films feel entirely different. And I
2: think It, it, it reminded me a bit of Alien to Aliens, Aliens. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I the first one eerie, really, you know, dark, and then the second one crazy action. Funny you say that, Ridley Scott did actually cite the
3: original as an influence on Alien. Mm. Oh, because nice. I think it's just like there's sort of I like, I think more from the how he did the scares and things like that. You see so, the yeah. things I've
1: learned, and the original is one of the reasons why uh, Hi, Spielberg uh, basically was involved in in Poltergeist and, and Toby Cooper mm. taking mm. over it because he was such a fan of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys did you did you guys want to do you know about the, you know about the poster right the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two poster? No. Oh yeah. how it um and and it's almost like this movie's almost intentionally i think obviously a satire or a parody of the first one and that's Mm. what they were going for and and lee you were talking about the time and place of like just the crazy 80s-ness of it um the poster's modeled exactly after the breakfast club poster (laughs) Line them up side (laughs) by side i can Um, totally say that now leatherface is, is judd nelson Doing the um, with the chainsaw up instead of yeah. the hands. What happens in my house when you spill paint in the garage? Um, <laughs> that whole scene. I just want Leatherface to say that in this movie, and to just like hack someone <laughs> with the chainsaw.
3: We do have a weird thing with this, though, because obviously uh, Gunnar Hansen didn't return to play Leatherface. Hmm. Right. Um, and this, I just this was just amazing when I saw when I watched the documentary for the. 15,000th time. But it always amazes me. Is Basically, Gunnar Hansen said they offered him scale rate pay plus 10% for his agent. He replied, I haven't got an agent, but don't you think I'm worth more than that? And they replied and they then offered him scale pay with no 10% because he didn't have an agent. (laughs) And so, he yeah, and he basically quite (laughs) rightly told them, fuck off. (laughs) So we get a different... So... this, there's possibly three people playing Leatherface in this mm. because there's so there's the guy who's credited uh, Bill with, Johnson yeah Bill that's Johnson. it uh, but then there's like this weird thing online that I can't find a, like, a proper I can't find out who stated it but it sounds like it's not it doesn't sound like it's factual because it always is the same sort of almost cut and paste dialogue Hmm. But basically, they say that Bill Johnson couldn't lift the chainsaw over his head, hmm. or for any of the, so in the wielding scenes, um, it's a guy called a stunt man called Bob Elmore, and apparently, according to again, like I can't find out who said it, but they reckon about ninety eight percent of Leatherface's screen time is actually this stuntman. man, hmm. but also the guy there's a different guy playing the stunt on the truck He's a different stunt man and that is a guy called tom Morga, who's been in loads of star trek like films and tv but he's also been michael myers in halloween 4 and jason in friday the 13th the new beginning nice so he's been like a stunt actor who's portrayed like three of the biggest
1: horror icons they call but that yeah. the shape i think or something yeah. like that the shape yeah. you're not actually the character you're just yeah filling a void basically yeah but
3: yeah so there's like so i don't so even like the stuff like the close-ups i've no idea which which guy that is whether that's bill johnson whether that's the man, as you know i'm assuming that if it was because like i say this if you go to bill johnson's wikipedia page it feels like someone else has set it up to diss him because it basically just says he's credited with playing Leatherface in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, but he could, couldn't hold the chainsaw over his head or do anything with it. So ninety percent of him screen time is a stuntman called Bob Elmore. And you're like, who wrote this? I would <laughs> imagine.
1: He, I would imagine the scenes between like Leatherface, like the. I wouldn't say like human moments but you know what I mean yeah. between leatherface and you Stretch mean, yeah. where they're like kind of like zooming in on his eyes and stuff and when she's yeah. trying to put the human mask of uh, L is it LT or LJ LG 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 on on her face I I would imagine that that's Bill Johnson but you know like you said 90% movie is him chasing her around with a chainsaw yeah and destroying things and 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 by the way, I just want to mention um, how great the the um, Texas Battleland Underground is in this movie because when Dennis Hopper shows up, he just happens to kick a weak spot in the uh, in the wall and like all these entrails for no apparent reason mm-hmm. like ooze out. I'm just like that's so mm-hmm. that's so they didn't have to fu- they didn't have to do that. And then what it <laughs> tells you is that like there's just there's just human uh guts and and, and and there's it there's just human biology all over this you know, yes yeah.
3: anyway. Oh, I I mean I lo- I do love the way that that looks, especially when it's like the tunnel where she looks down and it's just hundreds of stolen lights and lamps and Christmas tree lights and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And The thing is, is I was, because I was trying to work out, they never actually kind of, in either of the films, they never really explain who the artist is. Hmm. I don't think, it's, it's not Drayton, it's not the chef, because he's just, he's purely motivated by money and just, it's a business. And also, I just love how happy he is when he's won and he's driving back in the truck <laughs> yeah. and before, before the fu- the inevitable phone call off oh, okay, so to say we've fucked up but just mm-hmm. at that point he's like that jet we're on a winning streak and he's really sort of yeah just i love jim cedo in these films because he's mm-hmm. just so so fucking good he's brilliant he Absolutely. hasn't got that many roles i don't think I don't no know. not he, at all Do a lot you know
1: he, he's definitely mostly just known for these two movies Mm. Uh, I think. It looks I,
3: like think he, I was going to say, I think T- Chainsaw Two's his last film, actually.
1: Yeah, because he was in an episode of Amazing Stories. It looks oh. like, um, and a couple things, I'd, a couple other movies I'd never really even heard of. Yeah, is that the story? Uh, the one that Toby Hooper directed? Because I know he did like. Ah, uh, that's right? that's probably correct. It's probably likely. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. But anyway. Yeah, he's good. And he he reminds me a lot of like kind of he, like he's very true to true to life like weird old backwoods rural Texan. He mm-hmm. has that leathery creepy bad teeth look to him and I, I <laughs> yeah. can appreciate that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I Friendly think that's I, ominous.
3: I think that's his secret in the first film is he manages to keep the bad dentistry like out of shot when he's just being the guy that's at the stop, but when she comes back and then they find out, oh yeah, it's oh, all yeah, yeah. well. there. That's when the that's when the really sort of the rodent teeth come out. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I don't think we really, I mean, we didn't really. Oh, uh, um, we didn't really talk about Toby Hooper last time no. in terms of like other stuff he's done because obviously his poltergeists, Funhouse, The Mangler, Body Bags. Um, the remake of The Toolbox Murders, which is actually pretty good. Mm. I quite like that. Um, and then on TV, did loads of, like, Freddy's Nightmares. So, obviously, Salem's Lot, the miniseries of Salem's Lot. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, Masters of Horror. Something called Perversions of Science, which apparently was, like, a sci-fi version of Masters of Horror. Mm. Um, and also the video for Billy Idol's Dancing with Myself. Not mm. uh, Billy Idol. <laughs> Who doesn't love Billy Idol? Do you have to? Um, and also, um, yeah, apparently Joe Bob Briggs gets a credit in this film, but he's not in it. His scene got cut out. But I think he's okay. in the end credits. So, going by his <laughs> real name, whatever that is, interesting. Which I'm very disappointed to find out is not Joe Bob Briggs.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
3: I've been this upset since I found out about Cassandra Peterson. You know. <laughs> so
0: to wrap up thanks ever so much bobby this evening for joining us um yeah. uh, yes. can't thank you enough it's been wonderful so uh again so obviously we plug your uh your podcast every time but go ahead and uh
1: yeah thank uh it? not for everyone podcast um very similar films are talked about uh on that show as well as this as, as to this one. what's uh, on your agenda? Uh, we're actually recording Buckaroo Banzai tomorrow. <gasps> oh
2: no I really wanted to watch that since Lee you can say what film has made me want to watch it? can you think of it? no
1: I've never heard of Little it before China. this
2: film. what was it?
1: Big Trouble Little China?
2: no what? I didn't hear of it. In that. Um, it was Ready Player One Oh, I've never heard oh. of Buckaroo Gonzai and he dresses as you know I'm like why has he chosen this as his most important film ever and I've never heard of it and obviously I need to find out what that is. So.
1: mental and so, yeah okay if, if you enjoy I'm not going to say that it's uh, it's not the same level of uh, depravity as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 but it <laughs> is the same level yeah. of insanity.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: It's very similar to like a, a Big Trouble in Little China or if you ever saw The Golden mm. Child with Eddie Murphy like that weird mm. over the top sci-fi action of the 1980s. Mm. Um, so yeah we're kind of taking a little horror break um, just because we want to kind of get ramped up for October because that's mm. going to be nonstop horror and we also noticed that if you, if you do, go figure, if you do movies that are a little more recognizable you'll get a few mm-hmm. more listeners. Uh, you'll pick up the <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Not For Everyone podcast. And then I also um, contribute on fearforever.com. Just uh, wrote a review for a movie called Uncle Peckerhead, which I highly recommend. Oh, is that any good? It's very good. It's very fun. Lots, Loads of fun. Mm. Loads of fun. I've seen it's, a it's few a, things about it. it looks it's a very, um, like, kind of punk rock horror comedy kind of thing. But I, I have to
3: say, Buckaroo bands that I've never seen, and I've always been a bit it's weird. I was sort of thinking about it, but I was a bit, I know this sounds weird. I was a bit afraid because I thought, is this going to be one of those ones where you watch it, but you didn't watch it at the time? Yeah.
1: yeah it, it might, might be, but I think cool. it's still enjoyable. Still worth, it. I think a
3: bit of a then. Yeah. I only saw it for the first time
0: last year when I bought it on Blu-ray. Um,
2: mm. oh, fair enough.
0: Yeah. And had a fantastic time watching it. it it's really loopy. Like, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it is one of those totally, how did this ever get made films? But, <laughs> Yeah, totally enjoyable. So, yeah, can't wait to hear that. Fantastic. Excellent. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, don't forget to listen to Not For Everyone podcast. Uh, and we will see you next... Oh, we haven't covered what we're doing next I week.
3: To... I was going to say, what are we doing next week? Uh, so, no.
0: next week, we are covering The Innkeepers. Ooh,
3: uh-huh. I've not heard that mentioned.
0: Uh Ty West movie?
3: Yes.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's It's a fantastic movie. It's very low budget and independent well semi low budget and independent um Mm -hmm. it's one of the only films that jennifer has ever made it halfway through and then made me turn it off because she (laughs) was absolutely terrified so she has agreed that she will watch the full film and come and report on it so uh yeah we'll be back next week for that we'll see you next week bye
1: thanks sir Bye. bye thank you
0: thanks bobby